Hey guys, how we doing today? It is Jacobs with the Shorts. We are bringing you another episode of the North South Podcast. The Shorts, how's the week been doing? Um, we've 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 been doing good. You know, catching up on uh, some sleep. Haven't gotten a whole lot of sleep this week, but this weekend we caught up on sleep. You know, went out and saw the new Batman movie. By the way, phenomenal movie. Recommend Robert Pattinson with the recommendation. From Declan to Shorts. Yes, sir. Robert Pattison. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's been a good week. Good, man. Good. All right. So, guys, we're going to go ahead and start right up with some great news in the sports world. Major League Baseball is back. About time. It is about time. That is an understatement. The lockout after 99 days was officially ended they got a CBA together. Free agency has started. There hasn't been anything too crazy that's happened yet. You have now three all-stars and two superstars in Scherzer and DeGrom at the top. Chris Bassett was an all-star last season. Carlos Carrasco has been an all-star in the past. And Tywin Walker has either been an all-star or been very close to being an all-star. So these are definitely pitchers you don't want to see. The big if for this Mets team is can they stay healthy? But if they can, with that if being big, they are very dominant. The lineup most likely looks good. It looks good on paper. You never know what's going to happen. But sometimes even not having as great of a lineup, if you have these starting pitchers at your disposal, you don't need to have a great lineup, as we've seen in the past with some of these teams. Yeah, and, you know, a a lot of these – a lot of – well, the two top players in the rotation are both very good. Um, but one of them is going to start digressing soon enough, you would think, in Max Scherzer. Now, I'm not going to sit here and disrespect Max Scherzer by any means, but we may go in there and we may see Scherzer get paid all this money for him not to pitch that well. And, you know, with a digressing Max Scherzer and a injury-prone Jacob deGrom, we might see the Mets pull a Mets. Once again, anything can happen. You are very right. And Scherzer reminds me a lot of how dominant Roy Holiday was for Phillies fans and baseball fans in general. I think Holiday was a Cy Young pitcher every single year until all of a sudden he just lost it. And, you know, we saw in a documentary with ESPN 
there was depression, anxiety, all this going on. Uh, you know, age caught up to him. His shoulder gave out. His back, especially, he he, he shrunk a couple inches. Literally, uh, Brandy Holiday had said. So you don't want to see Scherzer deal with the things that Roy Holiday dealt with, but you never know at age, however thirty six, thirty seven. I want to say Scherzer is. I thought he, uh, I think he's thirty seven. I could be wrong though. I I believe I yeah thirty six, thirty seven. It could just go, and when it goes, that's a big deal for a lot of money like that. The Mets are, I want to say, thirty to forty million dollars right now, higher than anybody else already. And in payroll, it's they're just around, I want to say, two hundred eighty million dollars. Crazy number, astronomical. But give give the give the ownership group credit; they are trying to win. They want to be, they don't want to be second fiddle to the Yankees anymore, and they are doing everything in their power to spend money and make a a team, but. Scared money don't make money. We'll see what happens. Hopefully the Phillies looks like they're going to be re-signing Odubel Herrera for better or for worse. He's not a terrible player. I like the him. Center, yeah, I, I don't dis I don't dislike him for his past. That's a whole other story. Strictly as a baseball player, I don't think he's going to cost you many games, but he's not going to win you too many games. But he's a decent enough fielder in in center. His bad is hit or miss. He goes through a streaky. Um, I'd love to see the Phillies go out and try to trade for maybe Kevin Kiermeyer, a name I've heard a lot of from the Rays. Incredible center fielder defensively. Not a terrible bat either. Somebody like a Nick Castellanos as well, I'd like to see them throw some money towards. If you have somebody like Castellanos in left and then a Bryce Harper in right and then Odubel or go out and get Kevin Kiermeyer, that's a formidable outfield. You have the DH now as well in the National League after this new CBA agreement. You can stagger somebody like Reese Hoskins, JT, and Bryce, JT Romuto, obviously, uh, stagger them in the DH role so they're not playing every single day and just getting completely worn out, something that Joe Girardi, I think, is going to utilize very well, something he he showed in the COVID 2020 shortened season that he could utilize. And I, I do like the Phillies. They're just in such a such a tough division. Even if Freddie Freeman leaves, you, you got to think the Braves, if they don't bring Freeman back, which would be crazy to me personally, but if they do let him walk, you would think they're going to trade for somebody like a Matt Olson from the A's or find some kind of replacement because, I mean, Freddie Freeman, his stats alone, which are incredible, he's an MVP caliber player year in and year out, he's the heart and soul of that team. And you don't know how Acuna is going to bounce back from that ACL. You would assume with him being as young as he is, he's going to be good still. But the NL East, even with how good those, you know, those teams are on paper, anything can happen. Yep. And it's it's with the top two teams, I would say, with the Braves and the Mets, they're they're fairly complete teams, you would say. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, the, Bra- the Braves pitching isn't, you know, it, it's been hit or miss and – but, yeah, I mean, that bullpen is dominant. They showed in the World Series, and the starters, they're very good a lot of the time, for sure. I agree with what you said. Yeah, uh, you got a young pitch, pick, pitcher, sorry, and uh, Mike Soroka, who who I, I like. I like him a lot. Um, and, you know, we, we just we, – we know what the Mets are about. Well, even, or even Max Freed, you know, the lefty for the Braves as well. Yeah. A, a big young lefty is phenomenal. Ian Anderson – uh, yeah, you could just go on and on. Yeah, the Braves. Yeah, yeah. like I, I like him a lot too, and he's he's also very young. You know, if Charlie Morton can come back from that injury as well. That's boom. That's four right there. That very formidable as well with the Mets. 
Yeah. Uh, Francisco Lindor. They just signed Catel Marte, right? Uh, they, they brought in Starley Marte, the outfielder. That's right. Um, That's right. They said that they brought in Eduardo Escobar, the Mets did, right before – this is all before the lockout. They went crazy before the lockout even started. They they signed Scherzer, uh, Starley Marte. They either signed – I want to say they signed Eduardo Escobar. I don't believe that was a trade. Now, Michael Conforto, somebody who's been a staple in that lineup for a little while, is still a free agent, somebody I'd like to see the Phillies even look at. Uh, I, I do believe somebody is going to sign him, obviously within the next week or so you, you would expect a lot of these things. Freeman is the big domino though, in the NL East and the national league, all of baseball, really the Dodgers have made a very strong push is what it sounds like. All reports out of Atlanta that I've heard Freeman wants six years, 180 mil in that ballpark. Somebody like Freddie Freeman, I think you and I can both agree is very much worth it, especially after winning that world series, you, uh, you pay the man, you give him what he wants. Absolutely. I, the problem with the Braves, they are not known to spend like crazy like that. And maybe if they think they have a good roster around him, he can be, you know, re- maybe not replaced, but at least kind of brought in production-wise with somebody else. Thankful on Acuna getting healthy, putting up production after they lost with him last year. Who knows? Uh, I- I'm just so excited baseball's back. I really – I know you going to – you still going to spring training? The plan? Yeah, that that's that's the plan. Awesome. Yeah, I I'm I'm excited for you. I'm excited for baseball for Vinny Velasquez to the White Sox and <laughs> Vinny V. Vinny V. Good old Vinny V. Maybe Nelson Cruz being able to come to the National League would be pretty cool now. Yeah, uh, the it, DH. it looks like he's either going to San Diego or the Dodgers. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I know Jake Diekman. I saw him sign. Uh, it's 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 just a lot of fun. I think the Red Sox, yeah, the Red Sox brought in Diekman. Only more big moves are going to be coming in the next week or two weeks. We'll be here to bring them to you, and let's go Phillies. Yeah, um, I just I just wanted to touch up on the uh, the Freddie Freeman real quick. Um, oh yeah, I do think they will resign Freddie. I I do think they'll give him the really. Money. I I just, I just want you to hear this in, insane insanity. Over ten years, here's uh, Freddie Freeman's average. Oh um, man, let's hear it. 2010 rookie year, he had he had 24 at bats. He had a 167 average. Okay. Okay. 2011, 282. 2012, 215, and 2021, 300 with a MLB career of 295. This guy literally gets you a batting average of 300 in his sleep. These these pitchers and, don't know how to pitch to this guy. And the craziest thing, his strikeout rates have gone down every year. And he started off last season, I want to say a month, month and a half. He was not very good. And no, he's still yeah, ended with a 300 up. average. Yeah, he's he's so scary. He's, he's a game changer. A division changer and an, a whole league changer. He he's going to change pennant races, not just division races. That's how important he is in baseball. Yep. Yeah. Moving into our top ten list of the week. I'm going to start you early this time. I know we usually do it later in the the show. We're going to go ahead and look into the top ten list with the NFL draft just under two months away now, about a month and a half away. We're going to go ahead and get a look at 
our top 10 draft busts in pro sports. Uh, if we want to go back and forth, let's go ahead, Declan. I'll let you start. Go ahead, number 10. I'll go number 10. We'll just go back and forth between 10 and 9 every time. My number 10 is, I believe, the number three pick at a USC to the New York Jets, Sam Darnold. Darnold, yeah. He was one of my favorite prospects coming out of college. Uh, USC hasn't – I mean, I, it, it's tough to say. Mark Sanchez wasn't a bad quarterback. I mean, he, he went to two AFC championship games. I know the Jets were more defensive laden than that team, run the ball with LT when, you know, at the end of his career. But, yeah, the Jets – and USC, there's some kind of infatuation, apparently. Hasn't gone great. It's been okay. But, yeah, they ruined Sam Darnold. Uh, Carolina tried to resurrect his career. He looked promising the first couple games of the season and just couldn't stay healthy and imploded the rest of the season. Sam Darnold, unfortunately, looks like a big-time bust. My number 10, I have Sam Bowie, an old-school name. Actually didn't have the worst career. Um, maybe as some of these busts would have, did average a double-double at one point in the NBA and may or may not have been an all-star, was a fringe all-star at one point. But the big knock on Bowie, obviously he was drafted before Michael Jordan, the pick before by the Portland Trailblazers, who, as I'm sure we'll talk about later on both of our lists, Portland Trailblazers and big men don't match. (laughs) They have very bad luck when it comes to drafting uh, centers early on in the draft. We'll get that later. I, yeah, I know we'll both get to him later. But yeah, Sam Bowie, unfortunately, being drafted before Michael Jordan very much makes him infamous in that regard. Declan, you're number nine. Um, My number nine is the number one pick out of Washington to the Philadelphia 76ers in the 2017 draft, Markel Fultz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Markel Fultz's career was kind of, you know, we'll we'll talk about some guys later. Uh, it, it, was, it was ruined by injuries, really. It's a um, shame, yeah. You know, he had he had the right correct me if I'm wrong, he had a right shoulder strain. His shoulder, that, yeah. That just completely messed up his jump shot. And, you know, it's a shame. Uh, he's and he kind of had the mindset of Ben Simmons, uh, not to Ben Simmons level. He he just couldn't he couldn't embrace the city. He couldn't take the pressure, which, you know, he he, he was only a young kid. He was injured. He he really I mean, I'm sure he could have he you know he, I'm I'm not mad I'm not mad at him at all. Uh, no, because unlike Ben Simmons, he at least came back and tried. He didn't quit on his team, quit on a city. He wasn't great when he came back, and he couldn't shoot for anything after. It was mental at that point. But at least he tried. But he tried, and I respect him for that. And speaking of him going to the Magic, Sixers are actually in overtime with the Orlando Magic right now. Uh, don't get us started on the Sixers right now. We have nothing good to say about them at this moment. So we may not be talking about that much in this podcast. (laughs) With that being said, my number nine, I have somebody that not as many people may know about. His name is Achilles Smith. He was, I want to say the number three overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals back in 1999. Number three is correct. Yeah. The biggest thing with Achilles, more interceptions and touchdowns, which are never good. Mike Ditka, as the coach of the New Orleans Saints at the time, was in hot on the hot seat, was taking on water, so to say, offered the Bengals nine overall picks. Pretty sure all from that draft as well. Not like over two or three drafts, nine picks in that one draft. And the Bengals said, no, we're going to go ahead and take our quarterback because he's our future and he's going to be our future. 
And four years later, they drafted Carson Palmer number one overall <laughs> because obviously Smith was not their future. Mike Dicka wanted Ricky Williams, who was an incredible running back in his own right at Texas, one of the greatest college running backs of all time, but couldn't lay off the weed. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Achilles Smith, my number nine, top 10 draft busts. Declan, who do you have at number eight? Number eight, I have the man from Serbia, the number two pick in the 03 draft. Darko Milicic. Milicic. Darko Milicic. Yeah, great name. Oh, it's Milicic. My mistake. Anyways, um, he was drafted to the Detroit Pistons, who ended up, they won a ring the next year, correct? Either the next year or the following year, yeah. Yeah, because yep. LeBron was drafted in 03. I think they won it in 04. Uh, that's besides the point. You know, he he played for a while. But it was it's it's kind of just the fact that he got drafted this the before players like D Wade, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Bosh, um, and his, you know, his best season was probably his third to last season when he had, when he averaged about nine points a game in, in Minnesota, which uh, you know they 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 didn't have a very good team, so they didn't have a lot of guys to shine upon. So give the ball to Darko Milicic and let him work. Yeah, Darko. He'll be talked about again in a couple of minutes. Don't you worry. <laughs> My number eight, we have Anthony Bennett, NBA draft. Number one overall, surprised the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA world so much that my favorite highlight of that draft will forever be Bill Simmons working <laughs> for NBA, openly going, whoa, because he had no idea this pick was going to get made. Shocked the absolute world. There really wasn't a top like a consensus for number one overall pick 2014 draft wasn't super great either, but Anthony Bennett out of UNLV, the Canadian. Yeah. It was just, that was rough going. I want to say he averaged like four points a game, something like that over his career. Yeah. Four points a game was on four teams in four years. He was still bad already out of basketball in the NBA, Anthony Bennett. With my number seven, I have Ryan leaf. I believe he was the number two pick. He was number two. Um, taken right after Peyton Manning, and you know, it, it's got to it's got to be tough being uh the Chargers and you know being real confident. You know, you know we get our guy Ryan Leaf when you know the the, the people before you probably taken the uh, the third best quarterback in NFL history while while you're sitting with with Ryan Leaf. His, his career just didn't pan out. He he had he had a good amount of hype around them. Um, I believe he came out of Washington State University, if I'm correct. He sure did. The Washington State Cougars. Um, and he ended up on five teams in his f- six-year career. You know, It was uh, bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was very unfortunate. Number seven, I also have Ryan Leaf. Really funny that we both have him <laughs> at number seven. Yeah, unfortunately – Drafted right after Peyton Manning. Some people actually thought he should have been drafted before Peyton Manning. Could you imagine if the Colts would have done that? Went to the Chargers. His first season, I know rookies have bad seasons. Justin Fields, just for example, this year didn't have the best season on a bad team. Ryan Leaf had two touchdowns and 15 interceptions. That's incredible. 39 quarterback rating. He had a 45.3 completion percentage. I, I mean, he's widely considered the number one bust in NFL history. 
just a shame. He's gone to drug rehab and he's gone to prison. It's just like Ryan Leaf, man. <laughs> at one point, a Heisman finalist after his junior year at Washington State. Probably like, hey, maybe I should have gone back for my senior year. Yeah, you got your money at number two. and But yeah, it, it turned out very, very poorly for Ryan Leaf, my number seven. Your number six, Declan? My number six is probably one of the saddest draft busts in uh, sports history. Um, Jay Williams out of Duke. Um, yeah, that's a shame, man. He was taking the number two pick, and his career kind of ended before it even started. You know, Jay Williams, he got into a car crash, and he was injured fairly badly. And, you know, that, that, that injury it, it pretty much ruins his career. And, you know, it's a shame, but we're talking about busts here and for being the number two pick and, you know, kind of having a ruined a ruined season or a ruined career before you even play is, you know, it's got to make the list. Absolutely, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, after that motorcycle accident, he never was the same. And you hate to say it's not like his talent didn't look great. He never really got a chance, but you're drafted number two overall. I think he's safe to say he is a bust. My number six is also a basketball player. Hashim the Beat out of Yukon. <laughs> Many people may not know his name. He was drafted second overall by the Memphis Grizzlies. Hashim Thabit was drafted a pick before James Harden, was also drafted before Tyreek Evans, the rookie of the year that year. Ricky Rubio may not be a great player, but was drafted before him. Also drafted before Steph Curry and DeMar DeRozan, and among a few other players as well. That's who the Grizzlies took. He was considered a project at the time, but he was like 7'2", 7'3", at a UConn. And he ended up averaging 2.2 points per game over his career. The project was a failure, and Memphis looked terrible for that. Luckily, they're good now, but they paid the price for a little while. So at my number five, I have the number one pick uh, from the Cleveland draft, from the Cleveland Browns in the 1999 draft, Tim Couch. Tim, sit on your couch. (laughs) Out of Kentucky. Oh, Um, my goodness. So – I'm just gonna if if you never heard of Tim Couch, uh, you're not alone. <laughs> there's a point, there's there's a point behind that. Um, uh, some 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 people that were just drafted behind them: Donovan McNabb, uh, Achilles Smith, who was already on our list; Ricky Williams, Tory Holt, Chant Bailey, David Boston, Dante Cole Pepper. Good Tom names, Anderson, man. And Woody, uh, and Antoine Woodfield. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just. You know all, all the talent in in this draft, and and you and you pick a a guy from Kentucky that plays football in Kentucky. <laughs> uh, I I have nothing more to say uh, about him. Um, if you pick out of the SEC, uh, yes, the SEC, and you're not in uh, LSU, uh, Florida State, I believe, and Florida. Uh, yeah. And uh, in Georgia, you just you just you shouldn't you shouldn't pick the SEC. Don't forget about Alabama, but maybe not a quarterback. <laughs> oh yeah, and Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Okay, my number five. I have from hockey a goalie, Rick DiPietro, was taken number one overall by the New York Islanders. Didn't have a terrible start to his career, but the big thing with DiPietro, the Islanders had a goalie, Roberto Luongo. NHL guys may know him. Even non-NHL guys may know the name. Fun name. Was a very good goalie. Quite possibly a Hall of Fame goalie. 
they got rid of Luongo for DiPietro, thinking he was their future. DiPietro crashed and burned, never lived up to the hype, had a 2.87 goals allowed per game average, almost three goals allowed a game. That's not going to win many games. The best part about DiPietro, they gave him this humongous contract. They ended up buying him out after the 2012-13 season. To this day, they still pay him one point five million dollars a year not even playing and they're still going to pay him until 2029 one and a half million a year that's how bad that ended with dpho my number five. Oh yeah that sounds like fun that number four my my favorite draft bust is uh out of oh, I, forget, I forget what college he goes to jacobs you'll know uh we have uh kwame brown yeah he didn't even go to college they took him out of high school that's how bad of a bust that oh, was oh really 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 um you know, Kwame Brown, he, he from the Washington Wizards, uh, he had, uh, I want to say, a 10-year career, one one year with Philly in the process years where he averaged two points a game. 10-9-8. You know, my favorite Kwame Brown moment is him not even being on the court. It's when he got traded to Memphis for for Pal Gasol, yes. And, you know, uh, Stephen, a., Stephen A. Smith's uh, reaction, you know, uh, were, the, you know, you got you got a good guy in Powell Gasol for blah 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 and Kwame Brown. Now, <laughs> no disrespect to Mr. Kwame Brown, but the dude is a bona fide scrub and he cannot play. Yeah, I think my favorite Kwame Brown story is the fact that Michael Jordan, when he was on the Wizards at the time, pretty much made Kwame c- cry in practice. That's how much <laughs> he belittled him. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Uh, my number four. I also have a basketball player. Greg Oden out of Ohio State was one of the most dominant players I've ever seen. Came out after, I, I want to say his freshman year with Mike Conley. Took the team to the Final Four, and I believe the National Championship as well. And looked like a lock. Just dominant, unstoppable. And Portland, known for taking big men like Sam Bowie and Thaling, cursed Greg Oden and took him before... Kevin Durant and the Seattle Supersonics snagged up Durant and never looked back. Durant obviously has had the better career, going to be a Hall of Famer, could retire now and be a Hall of Famer. And while Durant is a soft cupcake mentally, Greg Oden is a soft cupcake physically, can't stay healthy. And it's a shame because he was a lot of fun to watch, but he He wasn't a bad player. He wasn't a bad player. A lot like Sam Bowie in that sense. He was—he really was physically dominating, but he just couldn't stay healthy. And it's a shame. I, I do think he would have had a really good career, but injuries just derailed his career, and that's why he's number four on my list. Number three on my list is also Greg Oden. You know, it—it was—it was a real shame because he was drafted in 2007, and his career ended in 2016, and he only played three seasons and 105 yeah. games. That's—that's that's incredible. In his, in his first year, he averaged nine and seven, which isn't bad at all for a rookie. Now, for a number one overall, it's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit upsetting. But, you know, in, in his second year where he only played 21 games, he averaged 11 and eight and a half. He was showing improvement, exactly, yeah. And yeah. in that day and age in the NBA, the center was still as big as it was. You know, it's not like we're Joel and, and Joker in today's NBA. It's like an outlier where they're that good. The center was still a huge part of the NBA. And, yeah, it he was showing improvement. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. So my number three, 
I have Matt Bush. Uh, not everybody may know this name. Another reason why he's on my list. <laughs> Matt Bush was a baseball player. I believe still actually is in the Ranger system or is a free agent, but most recently has pitched for the Rangers. He was drafted number one overall by the San Diego Padres, his hometown team, as a shortstop, but was such a bad shortstop in the farm system, they converted him to a pitcher because he had such a strong arm. He was drafted a pick before Justin Verlander. Pretty bad beat. Also, names like Jared Weaver, who was a very reliable pitcher. Dustin Pedroia, who won an MVP and some World Series titles. Bush was suspended and jailed. He had DUI. Uh, he is finally back in baseball, but they drafted him because they were taking the cheaper route because they didn't want to pay him. Or they, there were a couple of players that they thought would go number one, but they were Scott Boris' clients, and they knew Boris was going to ask for, you know, King's ransom money wise. Hey, baseball that's... being, yeah, still still to the, to this day, Scott Boris getting King's ransom for his players. You know, that, that, Matt, that's, Matt, that's funny. yeah, Matt Bush was their third option. And they took him number one, and it failed miserably. So Matt Bush, welcome to my list. That that's funny because I I I know a team that you know had the number one overall pick and wanted to go with, with cheaper money. Do you know a team? Tell me. The Philadelphia Phillies with oh. Mi- Mickey Moniak. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Oh Mickey, you're not so fine. No. Oh God. With my number two pick, I have Jamarcus Russell uh, drafted by the Raiders. Uh, I'm not sure what college he came out of, but um, uh, the hype he had around him, you know, obviously I, I, I wasn't alive then. That, that was – or maybe I was alive. Oh, my God. You're making me feel so old right now. He was drafted in 2007. I may have been born. They April. Knew- April, right? Nope, it wasn't born. I lied. Oh my god, that's gross. Continue. Played 31 games in the league. He played three seasons. Yeah, he stinks. My number one draft bust is Anthony Bennett. (laughs) Um, Now, the backstory with Jamarcus Russell obviously makes him, you know, more or less appealing than Anthony Bennett. But Anthony Bennett was so bad. As a rookie, you shouldn't be averaging four points a game. Even as a yeah, rookie. Let alone as a number one pick, dude. Like Fun, fun fact, Sixers got the win 116 to 114. Oh, my God. But, like, any rookie, you could be the last pick in the draft. If you get 10 minutes a game, you should be averaging over four points. It just it, it blows my mind how bad it was, and like everybody was shocked with him being picked. Whoa! F class was good. You know, you still you still had some good players. You still had some some good people. I don't I don't know exactly who was in that draft class on the top of my head, but oh, it was it was it was so ugly. Uh, recently, he was he was actually being looked at recently by the uh, the Rockets. To uh, that makes sense. To be, to be put on a team. Um, some, some notable players that were picked were uh, Victor Oladipo, CJ McCollum, Steven Adams, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, man. You know, it's it's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yep, Anthony Bennett on both of our lists. 
Um, also, somebody on both of our lists from the 2003 draft, my number one, Darko Milicic. I'm sorry. He won a ring with the Pistons. He was drafted second overall after LeBron, and he was drafted before, like you said, Carmelo, Chris Bosh, and D. Wade. Like, 03 is considered quite possibly the best NBA draft of all time, 2003. And then you have Darko Milicic. <laughs> Other players as well were drafted, obviously. But there's not much more that needs to be said. Darko Milicic is... It's a shame because I don't know if he really ever got a fair shot in Detroit. But, you know, they had the Wallace brothers, Ben and, and Rashid. They had talent as well in Detroit. But Larry Brown never really gave him a chance. And I think it's just because he stunk at basketball. <laughs> Darko Milicic, my number one draft bust. Great list. Uh, some really good games, I think. I, th- I think people are going to have fun listening to that, which is some of those sheer grossness of some of those names. <laughs> so let's go ahead with uh, with some huge news in the NFL. We had some trades we were going to talk about that's happened over the last week. But I think the biggest news just came out within the hour. Tom Brady is officially back. You called it. I will say I was wrong. I know Steve already texted me and said he was wrong. And Declan, it was a bad beat for us. But for you, you are right. He is back. Was a good beat, though. I, I don't want him back. <laughs> it, it, was, it was the worst good beat in the history of beats. <laughs> but, yeah, Tom Brady, I think. And instantly the Buccaneers become the favorite again in the NFC South. It's a shame, yeah. I really thought he was done. <laughs> I don't know if that says more about Tom Brady being like, I'm not ready to be a – a stay-at-home dad yet. Or if that's more of Giselle, like, I can't have you in my house this much. <laughs> Either way. I think his ego's too big to just let up the game when he knows he can still play in the lead level. I also think he really wanted to leverage the Buccaneers and be like, hey, by the way, I'll come back, but I don't want to play for you. And the I'm... Bucks are like, no, you're going to play for us. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, some other big news, obviously, Aaron Rodgers announcing he's going to be back. There is not officially a contract yet in place, which, who knows, maybe I'll get lucky and Rodgers will be like, yeah, never mind, I changed my mind. I don't want to be here anymore. But you know he's going to be back. That's just how it works because Rodgers hates me and the Bears, so he'll be back. Hopefully, hopefully, one thing we can hope for is hopefully he's not as good this year. Yeah, you know that's not going to happen. and (laughs) That's not how it works for Bears fans. It's better news. Our boy Steve Zanelli was right. Russell Wilson is a Bronco. The Broncos traded a whole King's ransom for Russell Wilson. They traded Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, a defensive lineman, a 2022 and 2023 first-round pick, the same as second-round picks this year and next year, and a 2022 fifth, and the Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fourth-rounder this year. Declan, thoughts on the trade? Um. So I I like I said I think trading Russell Wilson was a good idea. Yeah. I don't think they got enough. Wow, really? Because the two first round picks, okay. Drew Locke I don't like Drew Locke. See, here's the thing though with Drew Locke. He is nothing but a placeholder, okay? Next year the draft is supposed to be rich in talent. Not to mention you're getting a number nine overall pick this year. So you're getting huge talent for this year. You're getting a first rounder next year. You're probably going to stink. 
And even if the Broncos are good, you have a top pick, and then you have a late first-round pick with what they have. So I completely understand it. Maybe you could have got more, but, like, Noah Fant is a great tight end, great young tight end if you can stay healthy. Shelby Harris can play defense. And if you draft right, I know it's an if, but they can definitely fill some holes. I think that's the biggest thing with the Seahawks. There are holes on that team and more than just quarterback. And they're realizing, let's maximize what we can get for Russ now. Like you had said, and like Steve had said, now is the best time to trade him. So let's just get it over with and do it. But I also think that shows you that Pete Carroll won the won the power struggle between the two of them. I really think that I would have gotten rid of Pete before I got rid of Ross. I get why they did it, but hey, that's what happened. He was just aging. It's, it's a lot of money. And yeah, you saw he wasn't he he wasn't playing as well. Yeah, but I don't know if that shows as much about how bad that defense was at the end of the, the season. Yeah. Or how, how good the, the division they played in were as well and how bad his O-line was. No, I think not wrong by any means. Yeah, I think I think he's going to have a really good year in Denver. Yeah. How about Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, another trade, another offseason, another trade. Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. He's back in the NFC East. Gets to get booed by Eagles fans twice a year now. <laughs> I just, Wentz. Uh, is a mystery. I don't understand it. I don't understand the hate for him. Neither do I. Seven interceptions last year. Maybe he's not a top 10, 15 quarterback, but he's not a bad quarterback. But that's our, that's our opinion. I don't know. I guess it's just with, with the NFL this year, there's just a lot of great young talent quarterback. Yeah. Players. Yeah, I could see that. Um, there's 15 starting quarterbacks that could be franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're wrong. Maybe 10 to 15 for sure, yeah. And I don't think the commanders with this move, they might get, like, hated on for it. The Colts, they only gave them two-thirds, and they got a set. They're essentially swapping second-round picks and giving the Colts two-third-round picks. And one of those thirds turned into a second. The 23-third turns into a, um, a second if he plays 70% of the snaps. He proved this year he could stay healthy all year, though. So the commanders are taking a chance, a very low risk chance, in my opinion. And if it works, awesome. If not, go get a quarterback next year. Another big trade that was near and dear to my heart. It doesn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. The Bears getting rid of Khalil Mack and saving some salary cap, more so for the future than this year. Uh, Trading him to the Los Angeles Chargers, pairing him with Joey Bosa. And if Mack can stay healthy, that's going to be really, really scary to watch. Yeah, you think the ba- wants to go back to Seattle? No, yeah, man. Stats. Yeah, here comes Khalil and Joey Bosa on opposite sides. Yeah, right. And then you have Aaron Donald coming at you. Well, not anymore, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, do you want to be in the NFC West and go against Aaron Donald? Or do you want to be in the AFC West and go against Bosa and Mack now? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it's so the, the Bears are only getting a 22 second and a 23 sixth. But like, like I said, it's more salary cap wise. You know, other than that really great first season he had, that magical season where Cody Parkey ruined everything with a double doink, he hasn't been as much of a stat producer. He did have six sacks in seven games this season, but he was injured, and I just think it's time to move on. I, I, I understand it. I let it process the more that I understand. Now, if I'm somebody like a Dallas Cowboys fan, I kind of wonder with trading Amari Cooper yesterday, they really got like nothing back for him either. 
Yeah. That was a that yeah. was a surprise to me. They gave up a, a first to get him back a couple of years ago. He's still a very productive receiver, and all they got back was a fifth and a sixth. Well, I think I think with everybody realizing, you know, we're either going to trade him, or we're going to cut him. You know, uh, the the value went low quick. What yeah, value? no, I, I agree. My thing though, it's like, yeah, CD Lamb is a bona fide number one. I like Cedric Wilson, you know, but. Michael Gallup is coming off a big injury, and he he barely played at all this season. How reliable is he really going to be going forward? And now you have to re-sign him, you know? I don't know. I, I know the wide receiver in the draft has proven that you can just draft somebody plug-and-play all the time now. Uh, you know, these kids coming out of college are just incredible to watch, but I don't know. The NFL is just going nutty right now. Baseball is going to be going crazy in the next couple of days. We are doing a podcast at a very good time of the year. <laughs> March, baby. March. Be- Speaking of March, how about Selection Sunday? My favorite day of the year, Selection Sunday. Next week is going to be crazy with March Madness. By far the best time of the year. Best four days in in sports, in my opinion. Well, the best two days, I should say, the Thursday and Friday that March Madness begins. Declan and I are going to give you, right off the top, we haven't even really gone deep into our our pool, our brackets yet, but we're going to give you who we think is going to be in the Final Four. So... In the West, I think the prohibitive favorite, uh, favorite obviously is Gonzaga. I think I have to ride that train. I think I'm gonna, you're going to see Gonzaga meet Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. Texas Tech plays phenomenal defense, but I, I do think that Gonzaga, the overall number one seed, is just far and away the the best team in that region. In the West, I'm also going to go Gonzaga. There's just I haven't seen a guy that's been able to guard Chet Holmgren. He's just so big, man. He's an he's an absolute seven foot unit that can dribble the ball. He can shoot the ball. You know, he's a long he's a long guy, and he can he can do anything. It's very yeah. Big. I think you, me, and the rest of America are gonna have Gonzaga. Maybe maybe a couple of people have Duke in the Final Four, but I don't I don't see this being a uh, happy ending for Coach K. I think that they they lose probably in the Sweet Sixteen. The Texas Tech is what I think is gonna. Be the most likely scenario for them. Although I'm just, I'm just gonna put this out there: the round of 32. If I'm Gonzaga, I'm just gonna put it out there. I wouldn't want to face Boise State or Memphis, either one of those teams. Or Memphis, and you got UConn, who UConn can beat anybody. I mean, I think UConn's on upset alert. New Mexico State's a very good team. I might be a that that five twelve four thirteen matchup: Arkansas, Vermont, UConn, New, UConn, New Mexico State. They could be upsets brewing right there. Just telling you now. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But if I'm Gonzaga, I don't think the road to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, for that matter, is is going to be easy, as everybody expects at the Bay. No, if they get to the Final Four, they're going to have earned it. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's some really good teams. That West, the West region is very, very loaded. Unlike, in my opinion, the East region, Baylor is, like, obviously the weakest number one seed. I'm not huge on them. Kentucky, I think... Personally, is probably the favorite going in, right? In the East, you would think. I think I think they're a better team, but I don't think they win it. Who you, you think Baylor's better than Kentucky? I think UCLA will win it. Wow. Okay. They they gave Arizona a really good fight. UCLA, you think, is going back to the Final Four? Yeah, uh, it's been proven they can they can beat these these good teams and compete. I agree. Competed with Arizona. They beat Villanova. They've they've won against uh, some good competition, and like you said, the competition they're to go through in this division to make it 
isn't going to be that hard, in my opinion. If you, yeah. I think they will, uh, then you probably, if we're going with percentage based off of what everybody else is thinking, you're going against St. Mary's. I like I like UCLA a lot more. Now Baylor, I'm, I'm going to say it again. If I'm Baylor, I wouldn't want to face UNC or Marquette. No, absolutely. Yeah, they. I mean, UNC showed they went into Duke and I mean they beat up on on a really good Duke team. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, and at the bottom part of the bracket, I, I think I see Kentucky going all the way. I like Purdue as well, though. Purdue out of the Big Ten. But the Big Ten last year, they showed they did not play very well in, in the in the NCAA tournament. They got nine teams in this year, which is a huge number, but three more than anybody else. We'll see what, what they can do in the Big Ten. But, you know, with these eight, nine, seven, ten teams, Murray State. If I'm Kentucky and I win, I, I don't want to play Murray State. San Francisco, I'd rather play San Francisco than Murray State. Yeah, Murray State, I think, has like two losses on the season. Yeah, I'm very high on Murray State. I like yeah. them a lot. Yeah, they, they very well could be a dark horse going to the Sweet 16, even the Elite Eight. I feel you also, on that. A fun fact, against top 25 teams, Kentucky is three and six. Yeah, no, I they, they've won some good games. The SEC was loaded this year. They they've also lost some some close games as well. They were injured for a little while in the season, so you got to see how how health looks for them going into the tournament. But yeah, I mean the East I think is probably the biggest question mark region of all four regions in my opinion. Looking at the South, Arizona man, they they burned me in the past in a couple of of draft uh, tournaments, but they are so good. They're loaded. They were down by like ten to UCLA last night. Pretty early in the second half, yeah. they stormed back and they won that game. And they already seem to be reckoned with. They very well could go on a run and with possibly win. Players, with one of their best players being out. Yeah. Yeah, Arizona with Tommy Lloyd in his first season has done just a phenomenal job with that team. Seton Hall, the 8-9 matchup doesn't really scare me as much this in that one as it does. Yeah. Illinois-Houston could be a really good matchup. UAB is a team to look out for uh, as a 12 seed in that matchup as well. Maybe I'm a homer, but I like Michigan a lot. I think they could very well beat Colorado State. I think I think Michigan had a very disappointing season, but when it comes when it comes to the dance, you know, it's, any- a, it's a new ball game, man. Yep, I I actually think Michigan makes the Sweet Sixteen. Hey, I could see it, but I don't want to be a homer. I think I like Tennessee to go to the Sweet Sixteen, um, but out of the South, I think I have to lean not to go chalk, but I think I like Arizona. I think uh. I think I know who you're going to go with, though. Nova Nation. Nova Nation. None of of these teams on the the bottom side of the bracket scare me. Not even one. No. Uh, I think, I don't know, Tennessee, they can play. I like them a lot. I agree. I do think they give – here's my thing. I think Tennessee beats Villanova. Villanova wins that game. They have a very good chance – to beat Arizona, but Arizona is deep and they have, they were really good underneath. Villanova kind of lacks that underneath. While well, they have great guard play, I think. Yeah, they play very small. Yeah, I don't like that matchup against but Arizona. It's to, I think, but it's hard to keep up with them. Exactly. So I, I do think Arizona Villanova would be a really good matchup in the Elite Eight. And then you look at the Midwest, Kansas. I think Auburn doesn't scare me. They're good, but they're not great. I like Wisconsin a lot. Johnny Davis is quite possibly the best player in the country this year. 
LSU is a joke with what's going on with Will Wade. Providence at number four could very well lose. They they have terrible metrics. They're you know a very lucky team, and Iowa just won a Big Ten championship. But who knows? I think I like I think I like Kansas coming out of the uh, the Midwest. I like Kansas too. There it is. So I think I like Kansas. I, this isn't final by any means. I don't. I don't think I can go with three number one seeds in the final four because it never happens. But we'll see what happens. I think you got to lean. What do you think, Gonzaga or Arizona right now? In the Natty. Yeah. Um. Well, since I had Villanova winning, uh, no. <laughs> well, w- winning the 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 South. I, I Fair can't. enough. Yeah. I have Villanova beating Arizona, so t- technically, no, I wouldn't. If I had to look for a team to go to, the, I think it's going to be a team in the East. So I think that the two teams that either win in the East are UCLA or Kentucky. And, yeah. you know, Gonzaga. Gonzaga's going to run uh, a tough road. They're, they're going to be tired. You know, uh, yeah. the teams that they're facing are going to be good. You know, it, oh, yeah. Last year, how they had a really easy road. So, you know, I think, you know, in the final four, but it, they're beat up. They, they're going to be a beat up team. And I, it's, it's hard to see them win. So, I feel I, you, man. I think a team in the East wins against Gonzaga. Okay. And Villanova or Kansas. I, I think it's going to be Villanova versus Kansas. And uh, I think I like Kansas in the matchup. Yeah. Only because, you know, how how good they are. I, li- I like them a lot defensively. They're, they're a good defensive team. Um, I think, you know, they have good coaching around them. And, you know, even though they had a disappointing championship championship weekend, uh, I just – I think this team – the team's hungry. Yeah, I think I like Kansas-Arizona in the Final Four – and I like Kentucky and Gonzaga. I think I lean towards Gonzaga. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb. This is my early prediction. Give me Kentucky out of the East, and I will take Arizona. Kentucky against Arizona. And my early prediction, before I even do a bracket, I'm going to take Arizona over Kentucky in the final. Really? We'll check back with yeah yeah yeah. We'll check back with it <laughs> next Sunday to see who we actually took and um, how shot our brackets are after just one week. <laughs> Kansas, Kentucky, not Kentucky winning at all. Okay, battle of the blue bloods. I like it. All right, man. I think that about sums up uh, what we have going on in sports right now. Not too much in the UFC front, and um, I mean hockey. The Flyers stink. I went to the game in Carolina. Great time, by the way. Great time was had by all. Not a shocker, but <laughs> the Flyers uh, at least hung in. That was fun. Uh, yeah, I, I did want to bring in, I guess, a bonus of fall content. I, I just, I just had a question for you, and I thought about it, and I, yeah, I, want, I wanted to put it out there. So, obviously, everybody knows I'm an Eagles fan, and yes, if if you if you're not living under a rock right now, and in the sports world, you know, Sean Watson has been dropped from all the allegations, and I was thinking to myself, is Jalen Hurts the guy? You know, and if he isn't the guy, how much would it take for Deshaun to come here? Now I thought about it, and I, 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 and I was thinking, and what popped into my head was this year's three first-round picks and Jalen Hurts. 
That's a lot to give up, though. So I, I sat here and I thought about it and I went, so practically I'd be flipping Carson Wentz, Jalen Waddle, and a first-round pick for Deshaun Watson and Devontae Smith. I mean, when you put it like that, it might not be as bad. But at the same time, man, you, they worked so hard to get these three first-round picks this year. I don't dislike Jalen Hurts. I don't like him as much as some people do, but I don't dislike him. I don't know if he is the long-term solution. I also don't think he's going to lose you too many I games. I don't, I don't want a guy sitting in Philly if he's not going to build up to be a Super Bowl quarterback. I think he deserves one more season, though, to be fair. I'm fine with that. So, I'm fine with I think that. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson still may get suspended by the NFL. So, that has not been said yes or no to yet. I think until they find out, if I'm the Eagles, I don't mess with chemistry. They love him in that locker room, Jalen Hurts. You bringing Deshaun Watson and giving up as much as you're going to to get him, that's, that's not something small. I think that could really affect chemistry. I think I'd like to see one more season of Jalen Hurts if I'm an Eagles fan. And then if it goes poorly, like I said, 2023, the NFL draft is supposed to be loaded with quarterbacks. I think that's the time to go ahead and look for a new quarterback at that point. Yeah, uh, that that's that's also what I was thinking. But the only thing with, you know, getting – getting a new quarterback is it's looking like you're gonna have to go through the draft and the thing with going through the draft is you know the team's gonna be fairly developed you know Devontae Smith will be heading into his third year you'll have you'll have some you know the team this team's gonna be new uh next year I just I just don't know about drafting a quarterback another one you know I just I I I wish we could you know get our guy now and you know start start developing. No, uh, I, I see both sides of it. I, I get what you're saying. But you know, I I'm excited. I just I just wanted to give it to you, see what you thought about it, because if if when I put it that way, it really didn't seem bad. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just not something that I think I would pull the trigger on at this moment. Okay. So okay. yeah, man, I'm all here for it. And if you are like Jackman and you have any kind of questions that maybe you think you'd like uh, like to ask us and have us talk about and discuss, feel free to hit us up. Let us know. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, let us know any kind of segments you want to hear us do, any top 10 lists. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that good stuff. And um, any final thoughts from you, Deck? Uh, no. No, actually. All right. Uh, I- I'm excited for-, for baseball to be back. Um, you know, this is – like you said, this is this is probably the best the best month in sports. You know, it's uh, such everything, so much going on. The draft is creeping up upon us. Uh, NBA looks uh, the season, the regular season is going to start come to a close. Um, obviously, March Madness. I'm just uh, I'm excited. That's a fun time to be a sports fan, and make sure to join us every week for all your sports intake you sports junkies come listen to us get your fix also fun fact it and was saying it's a good time to be a sports fan two years ago today everything was shut down wow how far we've come in two years because i get to go to school tomorrow and finally not have to wear a mask at a public university that's a big thing yeah like it's it's crazy i can go to my school and i i, I won't have to wear a mask and you know it's 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 awesome how far we've come We've come a long way, absolutely, and we deserve all this greatness that sports is bestowing upon us right now. Absolutely. So, 
I'm going to ride that high. And um, only thing that I'm going to let bring me down is how bad I'm going to do a March Madness this year. So we'll check back with you guys again next week. Okay. Uh, with that being said, for the shorts, this is Jacobs. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Take care. Deuces.